everyone. Welcome back to Stay Positive. Very excited to be back. Um, we have a very fun episode for you guys today. I have a cool guest on who you may know her from her being my cousin. You know, we're related. So actually, she did get a shout out in the episode that I had with uh, where I interviewed my sister because she was the cousin who was doing, I don't know if we mentioned, she does backflips. I don't know if we talked about that. She does backflips. And when we were all going out for my sister's bachelorette party, she was the uh, mastermind behind handing back her ID because I was not 21 yet. So she was able to, to show her ID to the nice man who then, and then she handed it back a couple people to me, little old me, little old underage Sierra, who then showed it. And then we all got in. We had a great time. So that's her. <laughs> and on top of that, she's a really awesome, hilarious person. Uh, obviously we grew up together and the fun part though, too, is she's a podcaster herself. She has this really awesome podcast called shade and fog that you have to check out because it's hilarious. Specifically, she talks about dating and it's her and a co-host and they just go on about dating and like specifically dating in San Francisco, which is where they live. And it like blew up in San Francisco because it was so relatable, I think, to a lot of people who are dating there. And a lot of dating podcasts are maybe a little bit specific to the city that they're based in. So there's a lot of New York, there's a lot of LA, um, but San Francisco hasn't really been covered. So, you know, no matter if you live there or not, it's just kind of fascinating to learn about, you know, how dating life is there. What are the singles doing these days? That's what I always ask. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. And we talk a lot about how her podcasting experience was in this interview. I just am very excited to present this interview with my cousin, Christy Leung. So before we get into this interview, I just want to shout out the sponsor of today's episode, which is SaveTheChildren.org. So Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, we work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. We deliver lasting results for millions of children, including those hardest to reach. We do whatever it takes for children, every day and in times of crisis, transforming their lives in the future we all share. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis of our lifetime, and it threatens children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school, and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. So with your support, though, we can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Here are some ways your support can make a difference. For a donation as little as $5, uh, you can provide a nutritious breakfast and lunch for a child who usually relies on school for food. Or for a more generous donation of $50, you can deliver essentials that keep kids learning while out of school, like books, activities, or school supplies. So to find out more and donate, please visit savethechildren.org slash savekids. Hi, Christy. Thanks for calling in, you know. Hey, Sierra. How's it going? <laughs> Good, good. I'm excited to be interviewing you, my older cousin. Um, you know, Hi. we talked, we, you did get a shout out in Melissa's episode as the one who smuggled me into her bachelor party um, bar. So, yep, you that. she used my ID. You were like probably 19 or 20. Yeah, yeah. We did a pass back. You little which years. Yeah, which I'd never really uh, experienced before. I thought, I thought they would know, like seeing the same ID twice, but I guess they weren't paying that close of attention. I think there was someone between, it was like me that went first and then like Melissa's right, friends right. in between us. And we're like, we have to methodically think about this. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be like two people in between you and I, so they won't know. Right. But you can't be last in line because <laughs> then people are going to know. Oh, I see. So then they're like, okay, keep it moving. Like here, let's let this yeah. person through. Just like not give in to the pressure. It's like, well, I know you're at your mom's house in California, Southern yes, California instead of San Francisco, which is your normal home. Like, what was your decision to go home, I guess? When did you um, leave San Francisco? Yeah, yeah I, I was, so I was in SF for, like, maybe a couple weeks, like, two weeks mm -hmm. uh, in the shelter in place. And, like, me and my roommates made the fun. Like, I got into TikTok, which, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm all into Are it. You, do you, okay, so, okay so I, I need to start following you because. I don't know. It's, am, like, it's rough. Okay. <laughs> It, it, it's it's hard like okay I am like not a youthful spirit anymore I am 29 years old I turned 29 this month so it's like I'm not I'm 29 thinking I'm freaking 17 years old that's good it's the only way to live I've aged yeah I've aged out of TikTok but you know I tried to make the use of the first couple first weeks of quarantine and I'm like I'm gonna get on TikTok I'm gonna like not only is it freaking fun 
but it's also like it's just like it's a good workout like yeah dances active it's just so much fun yeah it's hard and you're a choreographer like you're a dancer I feel you know you did cheerleading and stuff so you can follow I mean that's hard for me I don't really even try to do the dances they're no like they're tough even when I was like a cheerleader I was I was always grouped into like the bad like you be in the bad like I was never like a good dancer with like choreography so me and my roommates like we're kind of just like messing around in our living room and like mind you my place in San Francisco is very very small like we our living room is was converted into a bedroom so like oh, well, uh, our yeah. space of like our common area is probably it's 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 tiny you could barely even fit four people inside so we're just we moved all of our furniture and we were learning the dances and connecting <laughs> oh, you know, wow. our phones to the computer yeah so it was like a full production right uh-huh. um but you know at that point I was like okay well my mom like my parents were divorced my mom lives in Orange County by herself so does my dad they live in the same city mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, they're kind of lonely and they're already empty oh, nesters. Like, yeah. this is a really good time for me to kind of just stay at home with my parents. Um, so that's been, I think it was just primarily like wanting to just stay home with my mom because she's lonely. Um, cool. And I'm, itch- I'm kind of itching to get back to the city just in the sense of like, I think they're incrementally going to start opening things up. But um, I guess that's going to be the last wing, like the sure, last yeah. wave of all that. Yeah, because there's a lot of, I guess like, are your, since you're still working from home, like it's a lot of possibility to do that in tech spaces and that's a big part of sf i'm assuming so <laughs> yeah no exactly right. like you're just i mean everything i do at work i can easily just do from truly anywhere so it's kind of like i think it's gonna the conversation is gonna start like shifting of okay can we actually do everything that we're doing like remotely and right. like i think that's i really think that this climate is going to change like not just my work mm-hmm. but like a lot of people yeah work environments you know and thinking like what does it mean to have an office space? Like, is this necessary? Do we need to open like five million other offices? Right, right, right. Anyways, Insane. I may be boring your your audience, but <laughs> no, it's just that's... yeah, it's a weird time. It's unprecedented. It's uh, times crazy here. times we're in. So, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes. So how we're related? Sierra's mom and my dad are brother and sister, and so we have a slew of cousins, ages early forties to you, Sierra, who's the youngest, age twenty five. And so it's like almost like we have these like sub pockets of like the way our cousins are grouped, and like the way it fit in was that you, Sierra. My sister, Audrey, uh, who's 27, I don't know, maybe she's, I, yeah, she's 27. Okay. I'm 29, and Melissa's, what, 31? Uh, yes, just turned 31 30. January, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're all, I always just think of all of us as like, we always joke, like, we're all the same age. Sure, yeah, yeah, it was like, because Tim, your dad, so Tim and Corrine, the youngest of the Leung Sibs, um, yeah, because they were young, and they're buddies you know like of course their kids would probably be a little younger even though melissa's older than you guys technically so like and then we have a big age gap so that's how that works but also you know it's so funny like we had so many girl cousins like we only had one boy Mm -hmm. cousin and he was the first one so the oldest one and then everybody else was girls (laughs) yeah and it it, no if i think one of us calculated Mm -hmm. it like the the actual um probability of that happening is very very low like the fact that every single one like out of the how many cousins we have like nine yeah or ten. No, ten ten i think yeah there's ten of us total so nine of the ten are are girls yeah yeah which is very odd pretty funny and and even a lot of the uh like our our cousins who have had children now most of them oh, yeah. are girls as yeah, well yeah i guess ben. So. the next gen the reason i bring this up is because we always we always joke that when my sister and I, when Melissa, Sierra's sister, was a freshman at Berkeley, oh, yeah, my yeah. sister and I visited <laughs> Melissa in college, and we're like, "Oh, she's like a, you know, she's a college, college student." Like we thought we were so cool, mm-hmm. and Audrey was literally at the young age of like eleven <laughs> going to a fraternity. No, fourteen at the frat to, like audrey was in the seventh oh. yeah she was in the seventh grade and melissa was taking her to her fraternity seventh grade yeah that's like 12 day. or like 11 yeah. <laughs> she was like 12 or like because audrey's young no. for her grade too so uh-huh, we're like dude audrey yeah. was in middle school and you were taking her to these fraternity parties it's like we laugh about it now. that's hilarious she wasn't you know she wasn't drinking we were being very safe yeah. but it's just like we die about it now because <laughs> melissa no, like, I, think I just she, think we're all the same she age. had to be because I, because I was in eighth grade when Melissa was a freshman, I think. So she had to be like okay, maybe fourteen like or 15. fifteen. Yeah, yeah, but still ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I also think like the, like I watch TV shows where they do that, you know, and I think it's like so mind boggling. But also, I didn't. I I feel like you guys were always very like social and cool, and like my cool cousins, Christy and Audrey, like 
they have friends, they do cool <laughs> things, they're cheerleaders, you know? And so like, I always was like, you know, very uh, self-conscious about, oh, I, I don't party and I don't do all this stuff, you know? <laughs> oh my God, no, you were, it's so funny because I remember like little Sierra, it, like, and it's so interesting. I love like the career trajectory sure, of uh -huh. you because a lot of people don't know that like when you were younger, you were very quiet. Yes. Such uh -huh. a brainiac. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and then it's something, something happened where there was a switch and like, it wasn't overnight by any, but it, but it almost felt like you kind of just like, you really started owning yourself and it was so cool Ooh, to see. Uh -huh. Cause like little, really like meek, sweet. And it's funny cause you're, you're the youngest. So you're, I always just think of you as the baby, but you're not a baby. You're, you're grown adult. Um, but just because you were the youngest, <laughs> sure, I just yeah. like, I still kind of picture you that in my mind of like little, little Sierra <laughs> and you were just, you were so quiet growing up. And then it's like the path that your life took is like a complete juxtaposition between what you were sure, growing yeah, up. Yeah. I wonder like, what do you think caused that? Oh, like man. a difference? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, so many theories, but I think I definitely didn't like being quiet maybe because I felt like that wasn't who I was. So there was sort of this, you know, trying to bring the inside to the outside and how can you do that forcefully, you know, to make it happen. I don't yeah. know. And I, I still think it's so easy to like fall into the same roles that you were like with different groups of people too. So it's like sometimes with my, um, you know, with some like comedian friends, I feel still like they help me be more outgoing. But then at the same time, it's hard because they're so outgoing beyond what I am even now that it's like, okay, then I kind of like want to assume the role of like listener or, you know, whatever you want to call it, quieter person. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's kind of interesting, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it is, it's fun talking to people who have known me my whole life and then seeing what they think, because I think there's a little bit of self-consciousness whenever you're like changing or doing something that maybe is unexpected of you. And then it's like, oh, what are those people going to think who like, aren't expecting this or, you know, that they have some sort of prior idea of yourself. So I felt like going to college obviously is like a fun, clean slate where you can kind of be who you want to be, right? That people always talk about it that way. Or if you like move to a new city or whatever, right? And so I think that's mm -hmm. kind of like when I really felt like I could reinvent or whatever. And yeah. So, you know, but if Actually, I had gone to yeah, college parties as a 14 year old, maybe I would have discovered it sooner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, I, I now that you say that, I think that is when when it started, like, sure, you just started yeah. coming into your own and being like, really comfortable, like, and, and you were always like, I think I started to see it like, because your wit is so it's very subtle. And you're not like slapstick humor. It's very like, it'll come out. And you're like, that was so funny. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> like the way that your deliveries is just like, very, it's, it's, it's very understated, but in the best way. And that's, that's my favorite kind of humor, because people that are too in your face, like, get out I don't really <laughs> anything to do with you like you're annoying but your humor is not like that it's it's so understated and so perfect like the delivery it's that's what makes you so unique and what a lot of people you know and people the reason I keep pointing back to you is because your listeners aren't going to know all these things about you and I've known you your whole life <laughs> to the and listeners I wonder how much that like because our grandfather so my you know our grand our yeah, grandfather yeah. from our parents side from your mom's side and my dad's dad he was a he was hilarious. So funny. Uh-huh. He was so funny. And if you were so you were so young too when he passed away. So it's like I almost wish like he could see you and how like you were like a little mini me of him, oh, you know? No. You're, you're like you're a comedian. Yeah, and he did the cartoons and so I think we like grew up knowing that, you know, humor was valued and it was a thing that isn't like that is kind of necessary, like within family and stuff. And so you know, I feel like we're so lucky that we had him as sort of the family patriarch or whatever, where he was like funny and like yeah. made fun of a lot of things and everything was light and like also actually worked in funny capacity and did like creative shit too. So that was cool. Um, yeah. But I mean, which is cool because you do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's a huge I feel like whenever we talk to people in creative fields and stuff, it does feel like you kind of have to have an example to know that it's possible, you know, I mean, people figure it out down the line too, but it's such a huge thing where like people just are like, you can't make money doing that. And honestly, it is, it, it's true. But, but I think that like, it was cool that we it's had tough. that example. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, and 
thank you for coming and <laughs> talking about all my all my humorous wit. But no, I, I think that you were super funny growing up and are still hilarious. Um, and that sort of like thank was you. a really good like, I don't think I've known until recently other people that are like funny like you. And so I often use you as like, a, oh, she kind of reminds me of Christy, like a, like your personality. And like, yeah, actually, because I have a yeah. friend now who's like a comedian. And I, I was like, oh, I wonder why I feel like she's I've known her for a long time and then realized later, oh, it's because she's very funny. Like and like her sense of humor is kind of like Christy's <laughs> and like I haven't met someone like that in yeah. a while. It's very unique. So, you know, I think it's it's manifested. Our, our family humor is manifested in you as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not gonna like pump her. like me and you and Audrey are pretty, pretty damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and Audrey too. Exactly. You know, like, like oh, you guys are hilarious. I mean, I think, and my mom is always very much like Chrissy, Chrissy and Audrey came in here, and they, like when you guys get your teeth cleaned, because obviously my mom's, you know, sees you regularly for, you know, your cleanings. Um, yeah. And she's like, oh, they said this thing, and it was so funny. And like, it's, it's always, you know, some sort of sharing about what happened to you that day or something that obviously could be, yeah. you know, I think I think it's definitely something that I'm working on is like telling people about what's going on and like being not like trying to I don't know just trying to be more talkative I guess honestly because people want to hear it and uh, you guys are always good at that. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, funny it's, stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think it's wait. What's your sign? Your astrological. Ooh, sign? um, Leo. You're oh, which wait, is I so strange. But so that, is... yeah, no, no. That's like that's a good sign. That's what a good are you? Sign, especially in the work that you're in, a Pisces. So I'm an emotional wreck. Oh, is that the case? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so think? okay, and tell you about Leo. So Leos are, if you look at the stack of like every celebrity in Hollywood and like any famous person, more often than not, they are a Leo, and then that just shows it's like they have a star power to them that not other signs have, and. I think like the negatives that are associated with those, like they're very self-interested and they're very like self-absorbed. But like, if you think like, not that I don't think you are at all, but I think that a lot of like, you kind of sometimes need that in order to make right, it in, that, in right. Hollywood, right? Yeah. You need it. I have heard. Okay. So I, cause yeah, that's the one thing that I don't like about it is it does sound, it's like, oh great. You know, center of attention, like classic, you know, <laughs> like I feel like it's mm -hmm. something that it's like as a, when you're a comedian, especially or something that performing, whatever, it's like, well, yeah, I guess so, you know, and that's one of the things you don't want to come to terms with is like, oh, I guess I need this attention. Um, and I think I had one friend come no. on and he talked about like trying to cross your Chinese zodiac with your like star zodiac, I guess. And uh, yeah. I got like shih tzu because I'm also near the dog and it was like horrible. It was like, you're just like a horrible person. I was like, well, great. <laughs> and somehow, <laughs> somehow it was just Excellent. like, oh yeah, okay, wonderful. Good to know. Um, but yeah, do you, do you find that helpful? Like, mostly do you like read your horoscopes and stuff or is it sort of just a yeah I'm pretty into it cool. I, I think because we didn't grow up with like religion too yeah. so it's almost as if you like it sounds like so woo woo and LA or SF but it's just like you want to just find something sometimes when like things get hard yeah. you just want to feel like there's something else or something bigger than you that exists that like there things are happening in the way in the manner that they're supposed to and I think astrology and just like being spiritual has mm -hmm. helped me a lot oh cool and mm -hmm. I think it also just allows you to like have a better understanding of like okay well why do I feel this way oh that makes like it just makes your feelings or whatever you're feeling feel a little bit more valid because you you can actually identify it with like this is such a Pisces thing yeah, like oh okay. I'm so sensitive well it's because I'm a Pisces like it just makes it's like a cognitive dissonance thing where it just makes you feel like you're, you're, you're almost tricking yourself into thinking that things are okay because this is the way it's supposed yeah. to be and this mm -hmm. is the way that you were built so I find comfort in it and it's also just kind of fun to I mean who knows if any of it's real like I think you people could argue that you could look at every single characteristic of every sign and sure. identify with every single one of them as well but um I don't know man like for some reason like Pisces the whole like that whole thing I resonate with it very much and I will plug a book mm -hmm. um it's like an astrology book called it's just called the birthday book i'm pretty sure the birthday book um but not only is it just like a astrology like astrology sign book but it actually pinpoints you from a month and day so it's like i'm born on march 3rd and it has like all the characteristics of a march 3rd individual and every time someone comes into my house i'll have them 
sign it on the birthday and they'll read it and they're like this is wild oh cool how, like, that's such a fun uh-huh. i'll send you like a picture of yours and it's like it's just Uh-oh. a fun like party thing if you have friends over <laughs> right yeah you know, yeah it's like, like a guest book crazy <laughs> yeah it's a guest book mm-hmm. and like they can sign their names and you're like okay i can remember that this person was born this day and then if they ever piss me off then i can look at the date you know look at their birthday and see what you know how they oh, are wow yeah. but it's i don't know so in that sense i kind of and there is parts of that book where it was so specific to where it was almost like this is kind of scary like with family and stuff i was like this is oh, really, really scary hmm. yeah i mean i so. guess there is a certain thing about you know when you're a baby and you're like born on a, you know the seasons coming in at a certain time even though we don't really have the mm-hmm. same type of seasons but you know I guess there yeah. is, you know, some some understanding to that. Like you might have the same characteristics as somebody born on the same day as you. Um, but yeah. yeah, I I mean, and I totally get, you know, what you mean about like because we weren't raised religious. Religious, it is feel sometimes like okay, well, what can we cling to spiritually that's out there? And yeah, that's a big one. I mean, have you gotten into any other types of things that are kind of similar? Um, I know people like crystals or. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I do have crystals, but uh-huh. to be honest, they're more like decorative, like decorative pieces. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have sage, like the basic mm-hmm. bitch that I am, and like yeah, lens my space. It's a big market, but it is, it is. I mean, the wellness space is like filling all our industry, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but that's right. Um, and I'm such an advocate for all of it, but uh, I, honestly, just like I think like therapy is really helpful, and um. Uh, I think therapy. Is cool. Like for yeah. Life. You know, I'd never, I've never done therapy, but I just signed up. I don't know. Like I, I went on like an Ooh. app that I thought my insurance would help with, but I don't think they will because you have to have like a talk space. It was called um, live health online. So it's also like for regular doctor okay. appointments, physical checkups or whatever, but also for psychological checkups. So I signed up for one, but yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I kind of picked a random photo of a person you know the therapist yeah and they're like oh, i don't want to talk to a man <laughs> so it's like here's a woman yeah. oh oh i do i'm like filtering for a woman yeah, it's yeah. Easy age. they're like, much I'm harder to come by because i like, think they're more in demand yeah no really i mean it's and i think that even if you don't even really know what what it is specifically you'd want to talk about if you like they can help you i mean it's not even like i think therapy is really good because it's they don't tell you what to do it's more of just like they can kind of help you unpack things that yeah. have happened to you in the past and cool. like why that's relevant to you in the future I think it's just it's a helpful way to just become more self-aware which I think is, is really good yeah 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 I am excited I feel like you know everyone is talking about how helpful it is and it's sort of like I don't know almost yeah. a, almost a FOMO thing at this point <laughs> yeah um, yeah you know that our, our cousin our, our cousin Natalie yeah. she listens to, the, to your podcast but she's a therapist too, yeah and yeah. she I mean she would make a great therapist because she's like just a really good listener and I think she offers just really good insight but yeah I think it's a really good thing to to want to get into and even if yeah like again like even if you there's not anything specifically you're struggling with it's more of just like it's, it's just a good way to just hash out things that you couldn't really hash out with like your boyfriend or mm-hmm. Melissa or whatever like totally yeah my take. Dish on dish on all our cousins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you can dish it all on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have a podcast. It's called Shade and Fog. Catch it on all the platforms. Um, but it was so great. I listened to every single one. Uh, it was really oh, a great podcast about dating in San Francisco, and it's available now. But anyway, how yeah. uh, how was that experience? Um, yeah. So we actually so we recorded like. God, I don't even know, like maybe 20 or so episodes. So it went on for a couple months. We stopped it like at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, I mean, it was a really, it was a really interesting experience. I will say that out of that couple months that we did it, I actually met a lot of good girlfriends from the yeah, podcast. Yeah, cool. Like people that I met online have now become friends of mine and I still keep in touch with them. So I think just the relationships that I've even though they're not like romantic, mm-hmm. the platonic relationships that I've developed with like other females has been really incredible. Yeah, cool. Um, and it's, it, I think it was so much fun. I think a lot of people related to it because I think many of the podcasts that we hear that are famous mm-hmm. right now, not that we were anywhere near fame, but a lot of the podcasts that we that are out there about dating are based out of New York oh, or yeah. LA, mm-hmm. but there were never any. There was never anything about San Francisco specifically, so I felt like there was like a market. Cool. For, to talk about just like what life is like in San Francisco. Cause I don't think that anything like that really exists. I think a lot of people in the Bay are 
really into tech and like I work in tech, so I get it. But entertainment and everything like that is just like a space that really hasn't been touched. Right, right. Um, So I think a lot of people gravitated towards the podcast. So like it was we didn't have a far reach at all. But I would say the people that were listening that were strangers were into it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it sounded like. Yeah, they would like, yeah, they would DM me with like paragraphs (laughs) of things that they had to say about in response. Uh And like, it got like pretty, I mean, it was it was even funny toward the point where we would get like, not to be like, we're so famous, but we would get. Yeah. Yeah. You we said that's so funny. I can't believe it. It was just uh-huh. crazy. Like we, one time I was at a bar and this guy <laughs> comes up to me, he like taps me on the shoulder. He's like, are you Christy from Shade? Oh my God. Like, I recognize your voice. That's so funny. Oh, and from then, your voice. Wow. So it wasn't even yes, like, from my voice. like, that's crazy. Cause that's really hard. Yeah. It was a super dark <laughs> bar and he just came out to me and I was like, I'm famous. Like this, yeah, I, I made, made it. it. This guy recognizes that, me. Recognized from the sound of your own voice. Incredible. Yeah. And then my friend, my co-host Emily was walking down the street in San Francisco and this girl was like, oh my God, you're Emily from Shade and Fall. Like, cause it was such a niche little thing that people were listening yeah. to. We were like reposted on one of these like overheard San Francisco posts. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Um, Everyone follows. So I think that's how people, Yeah, that's how we got yeah, famous in the resource. San Francisco. Yeah, it's a good like marketing basically. So that was really fun. But I think to a point, it got to be really exposing because like you're sharing the most intimate sure, details sure. of your life and like getting, you know, Emily at the time was started to date someone mm. and that kind of started to get serious while we were rec- recording. Right. And then I was still single. So I was like, how does this podcast, how will this kind of shift you know because we started this as single girls sure. and now you're basically in a relationship and i don't want the podcast to it. only no, be kidding. about my right, right, right. yeah like you fucking ruined it we're supposed to be single yeah, forever yeah. damn it push him away um, um but yeah i get it <laughs> yeah i was like we don't like him get away yeah he's... so they've since broken up not because of the podcast okay. but uh okay it just became super exposing yeah like, oh i can't like, imagine uh-huh. c-suite executives were like coming up to me at work saying like we listened to the podcast and i'm like a chief person at my work cannot be listening oh to my god like, yeah that's even stressful like like I worry about even on Instagram if like somebody I'm working for like sees my stories I'm like okay maybe maybe I need to leave reel it back yeah I'm just like yeah it's even you know because it's just separate from your work persona or and then specifically yeah. that's dating so it's very personal um but I respect that you were able you know to do it and do it as in depth but you were very good about like still hiding people's names who came on who talked about stuff that's like maybe more personal or was a little damning or something like uh you gave i don't know uh, jay or like right there are like initials or aliases that you gave people which was great and was hilarious still yeah um and yeah and it takes a lot to i think talk about stuff in depth like i always worry about talking about things too vaguely and then when right. I listen back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like so uninteresting because I literally just made everything in the second person and just said something like, like, yeah. it's like it's much better when you hear it from somebody about their specific experience. Back back in then, it was like, what did you mean? It's like, <clears throat> Bumble. Like, you know, right. like, you're like all right. ashamed. But now it's, now like, it's like, that's just normal. Yeah, if you don't, it's like a bigger deal. <laughs> it is. Like, oh, no, we just met at like, a met bar. Out. Like, what's that? Yeah. yeah. What? Um, people approach people bar? at bars these right, days. Right. But I loved like, okay, well, so there was the first episode was, was the first episode No, Fork, no Forks and Knives? That was the title? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was something I had never mm-hmm. even, like, my idea of dating is like probably from television. So I'm like, oh, you definitely go to a restaurant and sit across from each other. Like, I don't know. But I guess that's not a thing. <laughs> no. I, I mean, people that would ask me that, I'm like, I'm not, I don't even want to date you because you suggested. Food. Really? Like, that's that's just crazy to me. to me. So, but then you. Because I've got like, yeah. What What is the alternative? No, I, I was going to say that I've gone on dates one date where it was so horrific. And this is from an app. So I didn't know him prior to the date. Okay. But it was so horrific. I had to get up in the middle of the date. And thank God we didn't have food because that would have been like, I'm not about oh, to like, right. you know. Yeah, before the, the entree. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, it gives you an easy escape route yeah. if needed mm-hmm. but if yeah I think like sitting face to face is a very it almost kind of feels like an interview sure yeah you know like if you're sitting across from one another and and, and eating right. food and asking questions like where do you work where do yeah. you grow up do you have any tell me where you see yourself like, in five years yeah yeah and say exactly it's like it's kind of like an interview and it's like I don't I mean even though dating is kind of like a job, it is a job interview if you think about it. Sure. Um, a, <laughs> For the most a very important personal job, job interview. Yeah, exactly. It, it's time consuming, especially the ones who are 
yeah. you know, very ambitious. So it's like, oh, well, where am I going to fit this into my schedule? So the fact that like, yeah. if you do fit an entire meal, that's going to be tough and you can't leave. And I had even heard from friends like they'd maybe prefer to do like a webcam, like pre-interview. <laughs> you know Stop. like do like a speed date like Dude, that's amazing like if there were an app that's like okay you meet everybody for 10, 10 you know for like five minutes on a pre-interview and you can like extend that if you want but like you don't have I'm to <laughs> would you do that Wait, does such app exist i don't think so exist? i think this was a speculation like oh you know what would be a cool alternative to tinder you know like a speed webcam do you remember chat roulette yes do you uh-huh. remember chat roulette terrifying they should do that. They, I know it's, it's like that's like, but I remember yeah. when I got went into college in 2009, it was like the hottest that's trend. Hilarious. And yeah. I'm thinking they should do that. Oh my God. Now I'm just, this is all coming to me. I'm just thinking about this. They should do chat roulette, like yeah. version of Bumble, where you could like video chat and then like you could or could not have a drink in your hand. But I think like the most organic kind of things when you get to know someone like soberly, but often it's like it's kind of awkward. Yeah, like, yeah that's tough. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not out here getting like fucked up. Right. On first but just, day. Yeah. You know, I'm having a glass of right, wine right. Yeah. just to loosen up social lubrication. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes there is something to be said about getting to know someone on a webcam, just hanging out in your room. Right. Sober. Yeah. And I mean, now would be the best time you know, to do that because you yeah. can't really go out. But, um, but yeah, it was just interesting exactly. to even know that like, oh, wow, it could be that, you know, the efficiency of it is, <laughs> is maybe better just because you do kind of feel yeah. like a social obligation to be courteous if you're already on a date. But like, if you don't get to that date, you know, another like, cause people are already doing the like looking at a picture and swiping left or right. So that's one barrier. Yeah. And then the next would be talking to them for like, um, five minutes or something. I don't know. I think you're on to something, dude. I seriously Hilarious. think you're like, this should be a thing. Well, I mean, you know, it's my friend's idea, so <laughs> he'll have to he'll have to make that. But yeah, interesting. He will. That's that's an amazing you know what's so funny? So my now that we're in quarantine, let's talk about quarantining dating. My best friend, she just moved from San Francisco to Texas. Oh wow. And she she's probably one of the sweetest people I know. She's the nicest card of gold. So she's kinda and she doesn't really see like appearance like she, she just wants to see people's heart which I think is like the sweetest thing in the world like yeah. I think a lot of people are just shallow and like that's what de- app dating is about you see someone's sure. picture and then you swipe left or right it's all physical mm-hmm. right she she kind of gives everyone a chance and so she's been going on many zoom dates to the point where like she developed a relationship with a guy wow, uh, on zoom like already they were talking every single day for a month Sheesh, uh-huh. and like it got to the point yeah it got to the point where like she was like, I don't know if I'm physically attracted to him. Like, I was like, well, you swiped, you swiped on him. And like, yeah. clearly he may think that you were interested in him physically. But it, it got to the point where she's like, I just, oh. I don't know if I can get there. I'm like, you need to tell him now. Oh, no. Yeah. So you got, you're deep so into the break zoo. Up with him. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 She'd like break up with him. So the relationship but, started and ended over Zoom. <laughs> Complete over Zoom. Closed and Zoom one of my other girlfriends. She lives in San Francisco. She's gone on three Zoom dates. Like, I swear to God, Zoom dating is becoming a thing in this quarantine. Sure. My other girlfriend went on three Zoom dates, actually met up with a guy, and they did a social distance walk. Oh, right, So right. they were walking Heard of that. six feet apart. Cute. Um, cute. But, I mean, no real success stories that I've heard of yet, but I think this is be- going to become our new sure. normal. And mm-hmm. I think, like, for people that are single – that are like in their late 20s or early 30s like me mm-hmm. like thankfully for me I don't for me like my desire to have children is not paramount like I could or could not and I would be fine with mm-hmm. it either way I think for a lot of people that really really want families this could be a huge detriment to their oh timeline. yeah oh gosh I didn't you think know about that. but yeah totally it's unexpected you're, 30, you're like I want a child right, right, yeah right. just throw in a little few months where you can't be searching for your mate or whatever um yeah that's yeah. intense but I mean yeah I think you know, it, it is because it's like a few months in, you know, we could see people come out of this with relationships and people always start long distance ones, even when there wasn't a pandemic where they're like, oh, yeah, I met, a, exactly. met someone online. And now when I go out there and, you know, go to New York or wherever, then they meet up with them for the first time. But it's like definitely doable, I guess. Yeah, um, I will see. I think I think this quarantine is going to hopefully I think after it, maybe people are going to be more apt to like seriously date. Sure. Or I think it can go the complete opposite way and people are just going to be ready to just date as many people as possible. Oh, and then you right. get more of like 
excuse my French, like fuckboy language, right, where like right. people are just dating so many people at once, and then it could be even worse than it was before. So I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's like a crazy thing because I think people, yeah, people are thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll, they'll be more selective because they don't want to like catch Corona or whatever. But it's like, I don't yeah, know if yeah, anybody's yeah. worried about that if they're already not worried about like STDs in the past, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like another, yeah, it's like STDs, right. Corona. Yeah, yeah. yeah throw tomato, it all in like, there. Yeah, knows? maybe they'll cancel each other out. It's not going to really yeah, make a different. Not. Disgusting. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Look at some Corona kids yeah. out here. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, cool. I haven't I haven't done any quarantine dating, but I mean, I think it would be fun just to socially experiment with it yeah. and just see what comes out of it. I mean, I know people are still like on the apps chatting. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fun. Yeah, can, but it's so weird. Because yeah. it's like, what do you even talk about at one point? Because like, usually I like to take my dates or my messages like with like three messages each person talks oh, okay. and be like, okay, if I take think action. you're cool enough. Let's go grab a drink. Yeah, but it's like, what can you talk about for so long? That's where I'm struggling. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, it's already hard enough for me to respond to texts. Like, I can't handle yeah. just, like, keeping a conversation going. It's very, <laughs> very taxing. Um, it is taxing. Yeah, that's, that's fun, though. I mean, you know, it'll be a fun grand thing to tell the grandkids or whatever people say. Well, location is not really a problem now, you know, in the sense that, like, yeah. you could – start something up well one of my friends for instance there's this guy who she kind of had dated before and then they were just in separate cities for the past few years but now they're like kind of thought of seeing each other again but then this happened so then they are video chatting every day but like maybe that's how it would have been even if they were together together but it's sort of like their long distance has become more of a possibility because everybody is long distance no matter what kind of Unless no, that's so together. true. You could be living across yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. It's like people I know that are talking to each other in San Francisco, they live a, a mile, less than a mile apart, but they're not seeing each other. So it's equally as long distance as someone if you were talking to them from New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time. And I also find that, um, like my co-host, Emily, from Shade and Fog, mm-hmm. she started dating someone before the quarantine. Oh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> And now it's as if like they're and they both live together. So I mean, sorry, live alone. So it's not like they're endangering their roommates right, like, right, one right. another. So they're kind of quarantining together. But it's like it's almost as if their relationship has like expi- been expedited because they're spending so much time <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah. So you have like that side of the of the wing of like things could be, people could just be like you could kind of start dating someone right before quarantine and then it splits off because you both go back to your parents' house or sure. you could both be still in San Francisco and see each other and then you come out of it in a relationship like it's (laughs) it's a weird time for dating it's weird Mm -hmm. wow yeah but I love talking about it yeah I mean do you think you would um like what about the podcast I guess did you feel like you Mm. aside from I know you said friendships and stuff but was there something that you feel like okay now that I did this podcast maybe you see a gap in what people need to talk about with dating or like was there anything that surprised you as far as like, yeah. how people handled their dating lives. Dating. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, the biggest difference I'd say like from interviewing like guys and girls, mm-hmm. like we would have guests on the podcast or other times it would just be Emily and I. But for the times that we did have, I would say we had a ratio of like 50, 50 male guests to 50 female yeah, guests. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good equal. Sp- and I think good split. it was. And it was, like, we had guys that we dated on the podcast or, like, guys that Emily or I had just, like, hooked up with. Yeah, yeah. And then we had just, like, girlfriends. (laughs) To confront of them, too, you know. (laughs) Yeah, they were willing to throw it all out there, which is, I mean, kind of a detriment to them. But I think it's interesting because the way in which the guys would talk about dating and the way in in which girls would talk about dating, it was different. But at the same time, it's, like, if you think about it, we all wanted like the same thing. Guys and girls all wanted the same thing. They just wanted like companionship mm-hmm. and someone to just like be their equal partner. But I think the way in which they were going about it was very differently. Like I think guys were, the guys were just like equally wanting to find someone, but, the, but they were just more willing to kind of have multiple girls that they were talking oh, right. to you all at once while that. trying to find the same mm-hmm. one, find the one. Whereas girls, it, they're more zoned in on one individual sure, person. Sure. But it's, like, at the end of the day, everyone just wants companionship and, like, love and acceptance and all these yeah. things that you, you want from a partner. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way in which way you're going about it, it's, like, well, 
what's his name, Chad, <laughs> was dating five, talking to five right, girls at once. Right. And I'm like, I don't even have capacity sure, to talk to one person. Sure, that's a lot to like, handle. You got to really keep your, like, who you're running inside jokes straight. Like, she didn't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a different girl. <laughs> that is a lot. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, you, respect, you respect that. I mean, it's interesting because you think that, well, people always say, and this is like one of those gender generalizations that's probably false, but like that men can compartmentalize easier. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And so, yeah, I think so. Maybe, you know, that lends itself. But then women are supposed to be able to multitask better or whatever. But, you know, it's just like that seems yeah. counterintuitive. But I guess maybe that if men are able to compartmentalize each relationship, then it doesn't feel like, oh, God, what am I doing? You know, um, versus that's I don't so know true. if that's that would a good be. Point. I mean, again, generalization, because it's more of like this guy was able to handle that, but who knows if the next guy can. But um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah. remember you guys talking about like, yeah, you know, diversi- diversify the portfolio and like really spread yeah. it out. You guys got to, you know, not put all your eggs in one yeah. basket kind of thing. Um, but that's hard. I mean, it's not a thing that I think comes naturally to a lot of people and like it can just be a personality thing, but I guess yeah. it is really helpful and fascinating with everything in life to see how other people go about it, just to know that that option is there, you know? So I think that's what was really cool about like hearing from these people directly when I don't know yeah. if we talk, I don't talk to a lot of like guys about dating. I mean, you know, just because I probably have more girlfriends and guy friends and then the guy friends yeah. maybe censor themselves a little bit more, you know, if they're talking to women because they're, than they would normally or whatever. I don't know. But it is a cool peek inside the mind of many different daters in SF, which is fun. Yeah, it was it was definitely like the it was a lot of fun. I think the feedback from it was like it was just people were so invested in our lives too. It was like it was it was crazy. It was weird. It was like even this this micro attention that we got from just like a handful of people that were truly really invested in what we had to say Uh and what we were doing. I can't even imagine like it just became so exposing to the fact that like, if I care about like this many, you know, people, what they, what they care about, like what I'm doing with my life and how's it going with this guy I'm dating. It's like, I can't even imagine having a huge scale of attention. Like with you being a comedian, it's like you, people do know you, you know, it's like, do you feel like, do you feel ever exposed like that? Like you have a lot of followers. (laughs) No, I, I I really don't. I I don't think I put, um, I mean, I do get, stressed about putting stuff out there because you worry about losing your audience or you know thinking like oh god if I put that out there maybe that's not my brand and then people are gonna be like I didn't sign up for this and unfollow and it's like at the end of the day it's it should be like we shouldn't care what people think because if you're putting yourself out there then that's the person that you know this is me trying to tell myself but you know that's a person that they should like if they don't want to be a part of it they can opt out and that's totally fine right um but I think there is a certain like you know paralysis that comes with um, us being watched and, uh, you know, and that's also a thing now. I always talk with friends about this who aren't necessarily in entertainment, but like everybody now is a celebrity, right? Like it's like we all have Instagrams yeah. and we can put ourselves out there in a certain tailored way that we feel is right to be out there in the open and like so we care about what who's looking at our stories and, you know, whether they're people we actually know in real life or not. And like it's it's a super weird um I, I I mean, as much as I feel like, oh, this must be my personal problem because I'm working in comedy, so we have to do that. It's like everybody feels that way, I think, to a certain degree, you know? Um, yeah, that's so, so true. So it's super weird. But I, yeah, I hate the paralysis of it because I feel like I do less and put myself out there less because of it sometimes. And that should be oh, the absolutely. opposite. Right? Like, it's like, oh, I got into this because I want to put myself out there and like, this is like kind of going back to like the shyness thing and trying to be like, well, wait, I, I want to say something or whatever. Right. But, um, Mm -hmm. I think the way that things are going, you know, I still get very hurt from like mean comments or like things that are so stupid. Right. And it's like, uh, so frustrating that I care at all, but like it hurts way more than like actually somebody saying something to my face almost, you know, (laughs) cause they're meaner. But like, no, I think, that makes you human. I think just like people enduring hard, mean comments. I mean, if I see one comment, I will be just dis- like, it, it, you have to have a thick skin to do what you do. Like, yeah, you may not be Ali Wong or freaking Jennifer Anderson or all these people that are on a huge degree of like exposure. But it's like the fact that you even have this audience, people are watching you. So of course you're going to have some kind of self-consciousness or like fear of judgment. Like that just comes with the territory. That's so normal. Right, right. Yeah. 
you know, like I, I, cause it's, it's hard not to just like, I even find myself trolling like my sister who she sings and she'll put some videos on YouTube and I'll just look at the comments because I'm just curious. And I'm like, if someone says something, I'm like, fuck you. Like I get pissed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not not that there's any, but like, it's hard to read any kind of criticism. Uh And especially from someone who you don't know, it's almost as if it's because of the anonymity, it feels so much more real. Sure. Because you're like, well, if this stranger can say it, like, does that represent the whole broader population of people that think x y and z about me like mm. it's kind of scary totally yeah that's big but props on you well i think the, you definitely keyed in on the fact that like it is more mostly about like you know when somebody says something to me that like i already kind of think you know then it's like oh, oh yeah. i you're right this is what everybody's thinking you know you kind of like fall into that spiral of like oh that's they they hit the nail on the head they know i'm exposed it's out there you know um Thinking most recently, I think there was one where like, you know, I'll put jokes out there and then my whole thing is like, oh, okay, what if you put a joke out there and it's not funny? You know, of course, right? That's like, the, course, that's like yeah. the thing that I think you have to build. Um, I have to sort of build my confidence up and be like, oh, okay, I said it to Dylan. He thought he laughed. And then maybe I'll, I'll say it to, well, now I can't say it in a show because stand up doesn't exist. But, yeah. you know, then you put it out there on Twitter maybe. And then, okay, some people liked it. So it must be funny. Um, and like, that's the yeah. thing where if somebody says, oh, oh, okay. So somebody said to one of my jokes, like, oh, I find it really amusing that you think this is a, this is comedy and you post it everywhere and then you take a screenshot and you post it everywhere and I was Ew, just like no yeah that's exactly what I like what I'm scared of you know I think that like was really a astute way to be like you know a little condescending and then also be like yeah I guess yeah. I guess sometimes you are worried that when you post something whether it's like a picture or whatever that somebody's gonna be like oh she thinks that she's so great posting that photo or like posting that joke or whatever and so it's just like they, yeah. they know how to get you and I am just working on that but I think that's like the one thing that I'm like yeah I haven't I haven't figured out how to deal with um sort of the insecurity of like all those social media things and putting yourself out there knowing that like people could be thinking this or whatever but yeah yeah it, it, I, yeah I think it's a lot of times like at work, like I know you and I do completely different things, but it's like imposter syndrome that I feel sometimes I'm like, they're going to figure me out that like, I don't know everything. And like, <laughs> I am stupid. And like, I'm unqualified for this job. And at one point, they're going to figure me out that like, I shouldn't be in this spot. You know, and I think imposter a lot syndrome. of people feel that. Yeah. I think a, yeah, imposter syndrome. And then like, you have the confirmation bias, like you said, like, where you're already thinking, well, is this joke even funny? Should I even put it out there? Well, I got enough feedback to where I think it is mm-hmm. funny. Let me post it. And then someone tells me it's not. Well, there you go. That's the right, confirmation right. bias that I really That's am not right. funny. It, <laughs> you it's got just me. Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, well. no, exactly. I think it's so real. And I think it's it's hard enough to do it on a scale of like, for me, it's like accounting and that's hard. And then for you, it's like, what's well, like a very personal thing to where it's like you came up with that joke. Like it's sure, just sure. very personal. It, yeah. It's hard to divorce like that from your own value and yourself. Um, but at work, like, do you have anything where I guess since you've been working in that space for a while, you mm-hmm. do legitimately have, you know, reason to be there and shouldn't feel the imposter syndrome, but then you said you still have it. Like, I don't know. Have you learned anything from that or ways to get over that? Cause I think that's a yeah. really common common feeling so it's so common and I think the more I talk I talk about it with like my peer group or like my girlfriends and or people friends that aren't even in my same industry and I think the one common thing (laughs) that you come across is like people that say echo your exact same sentiments about their own positions their own jobs and you're like you're like a VP at like a huge hedge fund oh Jesus yeah firm and you're still saying this like this is crazy that I think a lot of people just like it's fake until you make it Mm. but it's it's hard to like, it's, it's almost like you're the exception, right? Well, like, you can feel that way, but I know it's not true. But for me, I know right, it's true right. where I'm, like, stupid. You know, Very it's just easy. like you're the – out of everyone in the world that feels this, they're not – what they feel is incorrect, but what you feel is, like, right. right. It's like being able to like comfort your you, friends, but you can't, like, comfort yourself, you know? Yeah, exactly, which that's not right. Like, I think it's just, like, taking a step back and being, like, okay, like, for you, I think what would be helpful or, like, what's helpful for me is, like, okay, well – someone said this to me at work and this really bothered me and now I feel stupid. And then like, I have these like three examples that prove otherwise. Like I know mm-hmm. like for a fact that like 
like for you, it's like I told Dylan this joke and like he laughed, <laughs> and then I told like whatever mm. some other person on the street this joke and they were thought it was fucking hilarious and like it's just having like actual concrete examples to like disprove mm, like whatever yeah. your mind is stirring up because your mind can just tell you crazy crazy things <laughs> yeah no but that's that are untrue that is helpful like having you know being able to kind of go down a list or something <laughs> that you have ready yeah. to go whenever you're feeling like you doubt you're being doubted or that if you doubt yourself or whatever um yeah self-doubt is real and it's like you're in a I really commend you on because what you do is like a very vulnerable thing it's it's really vulnerable and like having done the podcast for two months like that was a really vulnerable thing and that's why I stopped doing it you know then it's like you're continuing to go at this and like that's why a lot of people like just they don't have it like you have it but a lot of people just can't handle that you know it takes a very specific type of person to be able to like do what you do and like continuously put yourself out there knowing that not everyone's going to think I'm not for everyone. One thing that I also really admired about you is the fact that you um, made the decision to move to San Francisco because I think that was like a big moment and took a lot of courage and it took a lot of like, you know, some doing something that you weren't necessarily like made to do. Right. Um, Yeah. So yeah. What was that like? And what was your thought process behind that? Yeah, it was, it's one of those things where I lived in, like, I grew up in Orange County. I went to school in San Diego, and I felt like they were just the same. Like, La Jolla was beautiful, and I really, I really, really enjoyed living there for six years. But I did live there two years after I graduated. And it's like, think of, like, when you graduated Harvard. Like, imagine, like, living in the same apartment that you lived in mm. when you were attending Harvard. Sure. And then, like, having all your friends gone, and you're, like, the, one of the only people that is still left, and you're just, like why am I still kind of living in the same college life, but like college is no longer there. It just felt like too much of the same. And I, I was very against moving home. Like I just wanted to, I really wanted to kind of do my own thing and be independent. And I was too scared to move far away. So I was like, SF kind of sounds, yeah, kind of sounds good. And my best friend had just moved up there. So I was like, okay, well, at least I'll know one person. And the job I was working at, um, it was a public, like big four public accounting firms. So it was easy to make friends because every, it's it, big four is almost like an extension of college mm-hmm. because everyone leaves college going straight mm-hmm. into public accounting. So you have all these people that are your age and it's almost like grad school. Uh, so it's like, I already had it. I felt like when I moved up there, everyone I worked with became like my friends and my family basically up there. So it was an easy, it was definitely an easy transition, like a lot easier than I, uh, would have hoped and I think I'm just generally a really extroverted person so I I never really have like a difficult time making friends oh, it was right. like mm-hmm. more of like it was it was just more of like I just need something new like I just couldn't I couldn't live in San Diego anymore it just felt like old and stale to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. I was like I just need a city yeah I need yeah. a fast-paced life I talk fast I am fast like I just need like a, a fast yeah, lifestyle yeah I see so San Diego didn't really have it for me yeah perfect but yeah I mean and it takes it takes yeah. a lot to fully sort of like set your sights on some place so it's awesome that it made sense to go there um oh yeah in your mind but I feel like it, you know from from the outset I feel like I'm very uh I guess whenever I see somebody like decide on something that's not necessarily uh laid out for them like you had to take the initiative to find it work up there and then like you know figure it out and everything like that's a big deal so um but yeah it was the best decision I could have ever made I think it's um it was it it felt like I felt like I just did a lot of like um like I grew up a lot in a time cool. that I uh but I but like a lot of that wasn't even I don't even think it had to do with the city it was more of just like growing and being turning like older and <laughs> late 20s and not like 22 anymore I see I see then um yeah is there what what would you say is like the biggest difference late 20s versus early 20s <laughs> I, I was, uh, God, okay, I think the biggest difference, to be honest, is, like, the amount of stamina and, like, pizzazz that I had to, like, go out and be social mm-hmm. has significantly decreased. Okay. And it, it's, and I feel like in college, like, I would, I would always be, like, saying yes to going out, going out to the bars, like, doing all these things. And I've just realized, mm-hmm. like, I'm so much of a homebody. Like, I just love being at home. And I think, I don't think I'm alone in that. I just think that as you get older, like, after a certain age, you're yeah, just not yeah. into, like, doing that anymore and like I definitely did have like a partying phase when I moved to San Francisco and I couldn't even imagine doing that now because I'm just like I am tired oh gosh yeah I mean I 
already feel that. No. Because <laughs> we moved, as yeah. I said, like, because we moved a little further too, it became like the barrier of going out with friends that lived like on the other side of LA, essentially. Like, it's like, oh, God, I can't, no. I'm so no. sorry, but I can't take like a 36 minute, $40 Uber, you know, like, it's like no. insane. But also, yeah. I mean, even when I was closer, there was definitely some of those nights where it's like, ugh look, it's going to be <laughs> like, I'm going to get home really late and <laughs> I get headaches and like feel like shit yeah. the next day. Like it's hard. It, it is hard. And I, I, I think I just like, I, I'm happy that I spent my early twenties, like being like wild and free and like <laughs> yeah, get out of your living system. life with no bounds, mm-hmm. getting out of my system. But I think at this point I'm like, man, like I have done everything I've needed to do. And like, I'm okay with just like, being like I just never I don't I I truly don't even know the last time Sierra I like actually went out like it's probably been like when it wasn't for like a specific occasion like I don't know the last time I went out and like let's just go out and like get dressed up like that just doesn't happen what is that which Uh is crazy because it used to happen all the time but now I'm just like ugh. I noticed with friends that I went on vacation with for instance like who are all single girls for the most part um like they would have so much energy like we would be out all day like partying and then they'd be like, all right, time to rally. And then we're going to go out at night. Oh. And I was like, I can't even fathom, you know, and we were like, what, 21 or something. Maybe that you could meet that guy. You know, like I definitely yeah. have way more energy because that's a great motivator. That's a great motivator. Um, but yeah, I didn't is. have that motivator. So I was definitely like, um, I don't know if I want to spend more money and hate my life. <laughs> on top of all that so I I lost that stamina pretty early but then also you know and then occasionally I even look back at like a few years ago here and and we used to do some of these things and even some of my friends who have a lot of energy still going out and we're like yeah then we're gonna go here we're gonna go there and it's like wow that's um, yeah I'm like whoa that's it's a big ask uh maybe text me when uh text me when you're winding down you know and then even then I'm like if you want to come to me and come to where I'm sleeping you can do that, but I can't go and move I'm out like, of this bed. That's a big ass. <laughs> no, like I, I find myself every time, like truly, Sierra. Every time I'm out, I'm planning when I can leave. I'm like, when can I yeah, yeah, checking the exits. Or, like, when can I just dip out without? Yeah, I'm like checking the exits. Like, when can I just like bounce without anyone giving me shit? Sure, because everyone knows I leave. Like, I'm leaving the party first thing. I'm the first one to Good. leave. Uh-huh. I am done. Yeah, so like sensible. I would rather be at home. Yeah, watching TV and you know. Having a jolly old time. Jolly old not time. Drinking. Yes. I just, I realized, I also realized I don't like drinking. Oh, okay. I'm not a big drinker. Great. Yeah. Like, um, I, I think when I was younger, I would drink just to go out and like party. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I don't even really casually, even when I'm at dinner, I don't, I don't drink. Like my sister, she enjoys like wine. Mm-hmm. Like, um, As a... She's like a big wine drinker. Yeah. I don't even really appreciate like drinking that much. So that's, that's been like a, a different thing. Cause I think. Yeah, I just don't really, I don't really drink. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Save money, save brain cells. I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, like, I get bad, I get hangovers. I think I figured out, like, if I eat after I come home, or, you know, certain, like, strategies, it is better. But, I mean, that's a huge factor. Everybody says the hangovers get worse. So it's like, it's the cost of going out is like hours, way more than yeah you know it used to be obviously like thinking about when I was like a sophomore in college I could drink literally oh. not drink water or anything and yeah. then wake up the next day like okay breakfast you know <laughs> like it's isn't insane that crazy? It's, yeah isn't that crazy terrible. like when it's it's actually like a thing it's like I used to think it was a joke I'm like because I was the same in college it was always a thing like Christy didn't get hangovers and now I like cannot even fathom like waking up like I think it's just when I wake up after drinking especially now my face feels really puffy sure and like I just feel inflated yeah, I get that like uh-huh. yeah my it goes all to my you face. know I get like <laughs> yeah yeah I can't like, see. I'm just like what happened yeah, <laughs> yeah like I'm splotchy around like I am disgusting like, I'm oily like I, I just can't I can't deal with it so sure, I, just, it I definitely just choose to just abstain yeah good no I know I, I have some friends who have you know, made that decision. And I think it's like, for me, I definitely like to drink um, when, especially for like social gatherings, because it does help with oh, the yeah, whole absolutely. like social anxiety thing. Um, so I don't think I could yeah. go without it. 
it would be hard. Um, oh, absolutely not. But then I yeah. would say, you know, I I think, it, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm speaking for you, but I feel like if I were more extroverted or had a little bit more familiarity with the people, then maybe it wouldn't be an issue, you know? Um, but yeah, I, uh, but yeah, so I respect I that a lot. Social lubrication. Yeah, yeah. Like at work, happy hours. I'm not going there sober. Sure, sure. Like that's, that's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> I have yeah I've put, I've uh, taken part in some of the um some of the like Zoom happy hours with some friends um oh yeah and yeah and then I'm like when can I leave right right like, yeah I have nowhere else to go I mean it's it's really hard to exit on those things for sure one of my uh, one that got set up actually was was very well done because they're like all right and it's forty minutes so goodbye everyone <laughs> and I was kind of like <laughs> caught off guard I was like oh. Uh, I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting more connection, but okay. Wait, wait. It was really abrupt, but I mean, I get it. You know, it's good to lay down a plan. <laughs> All right, everyone. There's like a proctor at the Zoom meeting. Kind of. All right, kids, you're at the 30. All right, everyone, just, uh, I know I've been silent the entire time, but I'm just here to tell you guys it's 40 minutes, uh, so you can all leave now without any repercussions. Thank you. <laughs> wait, I'm dying that you're like, it was very abrupt wait so who was like i was cut off meeting? was it your friend <laughs> yeah it was our it was our friend it was like a kind of a previous co- you know co-worker is like you know more of a formal or oh, no. <laughs> situation it was great i mean i was i really like i think that's the way to go honestly i was just like used to doing like two hours of talking so <laughs> they need a proctor every single i know i know because i never know how to leave i'm it's like it's hard okay guys well i'm Ty, I want to watch Gossip Girl. Yeah. I'll talk to you guys yeah. later. Oh my god! Yeah, Gossip Girl's a good one. Yeah, we're at the forty-minute mark. Yeah, you gotta do that timer. Wow. Set set your timer. I, I actually do have a Zoom a Zoom later. Like I'm so I'm definitely gonna utilize. Yes. That. Okay, right, guys, we're at the fifty-minute mark. Ten more minutes until we wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. We shall. We shall. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, Gather your things. Okay. We got to go. I uh, got to make dinner. Pencils down. Wine glasses down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Everyone. too good. Wine that glasses good. down. Oh, boy. It's hard for me to, like, re- reply to emails and texts. It's just oh, yeah, hard. You're terrible at texting. I know. It's just really hard. Um, <laughs> so what I end up – and, like, now, like, I had uh, – it's just – it's really difficult because I think now it's, like, I have no excuse. And then now I'm kind of like, yeah. oh, God, now it's too long gone. I don't know what to say now because I didn't have an excuse, you know. It's not like, oh, so sorry yeah. I was busy. It's like, I was, but you probably won't believe me because, you know, we're in this situation. Yeah, but you're, like, actually working. Like, I feel like you don't have, like, a nine-to-five. Like, your hours are probably just, like, there is no stuff. I mean, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, it, it and that becomes a problem because then it's like, well, you can put it off indefinitely too, right? Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I feel like you know, even in that aspect, it's hard to like cut things off or like get back to people in a timely manner because <laughs> there are no rules. Um, anyway, but yeah, so no rules. So yeah, I don't know. I guess like we can, I mean, speaking of, we can kind of, we're, we're inching towards the, um, hour mark, give or take any other tips on normally positivity is what I say, but it could be anything. Oh, yes. I, uh, okay, so yeah, I, I do know that you do this at the end of your pause, and I wish I would have given up more thought. But the first thing that came to my mind in light of what we were talking about is just like therapy. Everyone oh yeah, therapy. yeah. Uh-huh. Even if you don't think you, even yeah. if you don't think that you need it, you probably fucking do. You just don't realize it yet. So not you, just in general, yeah. whoever's listening, whoever even cares what I have, whoever is like, yeah, whoever even cares about what I have to say. I think that therapy is great, and there's a lot of options. If like, there's a lot of in-network therapists. I think psychologytoday.com is a great resource. Mm-hmm. I always refer to my friends to that. Then you can just enter your zip code and find, you know, therapists in your area. And you can filter like, oh, I'm on Anthem Blue Cross. Do they take my insurance? Um, so I think that's a super good resource. Because cool. um, I think that's the way I stay. I stay positive. Sweet. Yeah. So and all the light of this crazy quarantine. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what was good about the quarantine is that it made me sign up for that. Because I think in the past I was sort of worried about... Uh, you know, scheduling an appointment, you got to drive in and things like that. But then, and then the teletherapy thing, I was like, well, I don't know if that's getting your money's worth. But then now that we have no option, I'm like, great, bring it to me, you yeah. know, because then the only option is no, to do yeah. it in the comfort of your own home. So it sounds great. Um, no, so, yeah. yeah. I will report back once I, once I do it, but it's, you know, I had to wait for the woman. So it's long in the future. <laughs> 
the one the female therapist <laughs> who's available for the woman, yeah. not the man. The yeah, woman. I can't do the man. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. he looks kind, no, but I, I, I don't know. Either. I don't know what to say. You know, I'm sexist when it comes to my therapist. I guess so. Sorry. Sorry, personal preference. Um, but yeah, love it. Yep. That's great. And yeah, I guess also anything you want to plug. You know, obviously, Shade and Fog still available oh. on the airwaves. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can listen to any of our podcasts if you're interested. It's yeah, it's just at Shaded Fog. Uh, it, I don't think there's an SF at the end of our handle, but yeah, check out check out at Shaded Fog. That's probably all I got. I'm no influencer, but we all you know. are. Uh, sh- yeah, l- listen listen to Shaded Fog. And if you have feedback, we I still have the account, so just DM us if you have any um, specific yeah. questions you want to ask ask us because the account is still well and active we just don't really post on it anymore but we still check it do you guys think you'd ever like do a comeback um segment maybe a season two nah probably not we did like an ig live and like oh, 14 people showed yeah. up yeah that was exciting that's awesome um but god that's so pathetic 14 people no that's <laughs> like, like a lot to hey, make people simultaneously right because yeah like... welcome to my channel that's yeah, because I've seen a lot um, of like comedians do IG live, and there's like you know five, four people. That's fine, you know. That's like plenty. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone wants to listen, yeah, I'll talk to whoever wants to listen to me. So, um, yeah, just DM me there if you have any questions, or you have an eligible bachelor in San Francisco that you want to set me up with. Nice, yeah, yeah, that's important. <laughs> Cheers to that. COVID free. Um, yeah, it sounds great. COVID free, STD free, STD free too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Thank you, Sarah, for having the podcast. me. I'm glad we finally got to do it because I know we want to do it in person at some point, but this works perfectly fine and we got yeah, it Yeah, this is good. Yeah. This is good. I'm very excited to hear it um, and I'm glad we got to catch up. This was cool. fun. Yay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye, Sierra's Millionaires. Hey, everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Christy, my cousin, um, and definitely be sure to check out her podcast, Shade and Fog. I swear to God, that is a hilarious podcast, much funnier than this one. She's the cousin with the better podcast, so definitely check that out. Other than that, hope you guys just have another great day, another great week. I'll have another episode soon, and just a reminder that the awesome theme song that I'm about to go out on is by AJ Raphael. Thank you. <laughs>